right, it's great to have you back with us. Death Taxes and Duval, our first training camp edition alongside my good buddy Hayes Carline. I am Rick Ballou. First things first, how you doing, Stephen Doty? I'm doing great, yeah, and uh, Stephen Doty's doing great as well. He's excited. Was texting him pictures today from uh, from practice, and uh, he can't wait to see him. Um, Stephen Doty is a great resource. Uh, the law office of Stephen Doty. If you have anything in terms of a bankruptcy, look, the, we know about the evictions and foreclosures that are going on, and you know, or maybe you've got a, a medical bill and you're being sued over that, or a credit card. Stephen Doty is a great resource. So if, if you're dealing with any sort of bankruptcy issues, you can reach him at 416-8328. Also does outstanding work in family law. So again, the law office of Stephen Doty, 416-8328. Yeah, no doubt about it. I want to say hello as well to Mark Tazulo, who is with Patriot Roofing, whether it's residential or commercial. They got the very latest, uh, the top brands, everything from roof repair uh, to the latest models um, and financing available. So that is absolutely great news when it comes to getting your home or your business taken care of. Just give Mark a call. It's local, 982-4052. And again, complete service, all your roofing needs, whether it's metal roofing, repairs, venting, skylights, chimney repairs, uh, you name it, they have it. That is Patriot Roofing. All right, let's get after it, Hayes. Day one, training camp 2021 in the books. Uh, you know, it's hard when you're watching nearly 90 guys, but I, I think by listening to um, yourself and, and others out there, the report today was a positive one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, it's it's all going to start with Trevor Lawrence and his progression uh, and he put a, a spot down on the baseline today that was very high on the chart. Um, he uh, really seemed comfortable, you know, whether that's he's more comfortable with the scheme, he's he's healthier uh, than maybe what we saw in OTAs, but I thought he was outstanding today, closed in spectacular fashion with a couple of great deep throws. And Rick, it just seems like his movement, everything was slower, more fluid today than what we saw in OTAs. And even Shaq Griffin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Shaq Griffin, I mean, he, that was a great point. Both DJ Chark pointed it out. And he, you know, for those of you who don't know, he wasn't consistently working with the ones. As a matter of fact, Gardner Minshew took the majority of the snaps today and the first snaps of the ones. But you hear what DJ says. And then Shaq Griffin on the other side. He's already noticed a difference going back to minicamp. Yeah, and that really surprised me because in the NFL, it tends to be very compartmentalized, and the defense doesn't pay a lot of attention to what the offense is doing, but it speaks to, A, what a leader Shaq Griffin is, that he's watching everything, and B, that Trevor Lawrence is, I think he's somebody that every player in the NFL is like somewhat curious about. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean to watch him do what he did to Alabama as a true freshman, if you're a fan of football and all these guys are, uh, how could you not be somewhat keeping one eye on what he's doing, even when you're not out there? And uh, and, and I thought Trevor looked outstanding. And again, I, I thought Minshew struggled. The, the, the tone of the day was set up for the offense to dominate. Uh, because the Jaguars got fined for uh, the secondary being a little too physical in OTAs, they were under a clear mandate. Yeah. Do not go up for the ball. Do not contest things. Mm-hmm. And with that in place, I still thought that uh, I, I still thought the defense had a pretty good day. But uh, Minshew to me uh, was sort of uneven. But Trevor, I thought was outstanding because again, the passes Trevor was hitting. The, I mean, it would have beaten tight coverage anyway, mm-hmm. and that's what really stood out to me. Yeah, nearly flawless. One drop by Cooper. He did uh, have mishandle a, a, a shotgun uh, snap, so, you know, he is human. We were able to see that. This is not a complaint, but I've always been a stickler with I want 
my first string quarterback getting every snap. And that wasn't the case today. And I, you know, there's a part of me, I've been around this for a long time as you have. I get it. You know, Gardner Minshew's worked hard, given this, but come on. Enough's enough. I, I want Trevor Lawrence working with the first string. It's, uh, it, after watching it today, it's borderline ridiculous. I mean, and I think even Urban Meyer, who is as smart as they come, kind of picked up on it uh, because he, you know, he at his press conference, Rick, that you and I were at, he he then was like, "Well, it's it's a rotation," yeah. and it was it was you know Trevor was in there with the ones today. I don't think that's the case. I think Trevor. I mean, I think it was Minshew eighty percent of the time with the ones, mm-hmm. and uh, but I think Urban saw how good Trevor looked late and was like, you know, kind of trying to at least put it in motion that Trevor is very much involved with the ones, more so than I think the the reps would show in today's practice. And and it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow with it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement. First off, Gardner Minshew isn't a 34-year-old who started nine years here. Right. I mean, he's a guy that has a handful of starts under his belt for this franchise, and he's done an admirable job. But Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And any rep that he's not getting with the ones – is a wasted rep in a lot of ways. And and so I agree with you. I I would drop the charade. I don't think Urban Meyer will. I think this will continue. And then maybe once we get beyond the second preseason game, you know, Urban will come out and say Trevor Lawrence is the starter, and then you'll really start to see him get ninety percent of the of the reps with the ones. I hope that's not what, what happens. I mean, I, I, I would change it tonight if I was Urban Meyer. Let's steal an Urban Meyer phrase here. Let's take a deep dive uh, <laughs> into the offense. I think he said that twice, maybe a third time today yeah. during the press conference. We'll to, every time he says it, I love it. We're going to have to start taking shots. It doesn't matter what the conversation is, whether you're talking about COVID and the vaccination or whether you're talking about throwing the football to a back out of the backfield. He's going to take a deep dive on it. He takes a deep dive on like Ted Lasso. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I thought it was a good day for the you know the tight ends. Manhurts, yeah. uh, O'Shaughnessy. There was a Tim Tebow sighting today, including an extended route where what was it an 18, 20 yard yeah. pattern and a and a beautifully thrown ball by Trevor Lawrence. So it's probably considered the weakest spot. If you look at position groups on this team, not a bad day for him. No, O'Shaughnessy probably had the the catch of the day uh, on the back shoulder from Minshew that was uh, deep down the field. And then I was really impressed with Tim Tebow. I got to be honest, for a guy who's never played the position, uh, he looked like somebody that did work uh, during the break uh, on it, and it showed up. I mean, he got in the seam a couple times, made some nice catches, uh, you know, caught a couple others that were more short uh, to intermediate. Uh, but for a guy that really is doing it all for the first time, I came away really impressed with with how Tim Tebow performed today. Now, you know, again, it's the old adage: you got to go out and do it again tomorrow and the next day and mm-hmm. build that trust. But I thought, again, for just the first day of camp, uh, I thought Tebow really looked good. Yeah, it was his obviously his best performance yet. If you go back to OTAs and, and minicamp, uh, he did do some nice things this afternoon. How about the receiving core? It, you know, it just felt like to me that kind of the bottom of the receivers may have had the better day. We, we saw a big drop by Cooper, but he caught a long one late. Dorsett, uh, basically the same thing. Who caught your eye with the receiver core today? Yeah, it's a great question, and and I think you make a good point. I mean, don't you feel like the depth the depth may be better there than than anywhere else? I mean, I I think the guys that you you're counting on uh, look good, but man, there were some players today mm-hmm. at the bottom of the line. I I think Dorsett's speed, as long as he can stay healthy, which has always been a problem for him, but I, I think with Trevor Lawrence and these other guys, I mean. 
Philip Dorsett is, is somebody that I think you have to watch because of his speed. And and if and defenses are never going to account for that. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the last guys on the field people are paying attention to. But it's clear that he can still get deep, and he's got a quarterback that can get get him the ball. How about the pace of camp? I, I spent a couple of minutes today with uh, with James Palmer of the NFL Network, who's going to uh, come on my show and discuss what he saw. But one of the first things he asked me is, do they always practice this fast? And I said, well, it was interesting because a year ago, Doug Marone totally changed his philosophy. We remember the rumblings between him and Coughlin going back a couple of years and how camp has changed. Uh, but the up-tempo here got the impression from James, and he got into it a little bit, that it's different here from a lot of other camps around the NFL. Yeah, that's that's cool to hear, and I'll look forward to that interview. Yeah, it's 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 also one of those things that this is day one, so I do think it will increase even more. To me, it's it's the tempo, and it's also the organization and the efficiency of the practice. How it's over the PA, players know, okay, in 30 seconds you're switching to this, so get over there. Uh, particularly if if you're in a group like today, the offensive linemen were given a special kind of heads up of, hey, we're going to be doing field goals, so guys, go ahead and, and start moving that way. It's just so much more organized, efficient, and I think it gives you the impression of a faster tempo. And I think, again, I think that's only going to hit a higher level because we saw it throughout OTAs. The, the first day was pretty slow, and then they – picked it up with each and each and every passing day. Yeah, yeah I don't have the exact quote in, in front of me right now. I do apologize. But uh, to me, it was the best part of post-practice. And that was, again, Urban Meyer uh, saying that the whole world right now is making excuses. Yeah. And he was right about that. He said, we're not going to do that. And again, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not quoting. Um, he's more impressive every time I listen to him. I, I mean, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of framed and trained one way because he was at Florida. I'm a Florida State grab, but I'm I'm open-minded and all this. You can't come away not impressed with his delivery every time he speaks to us. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I, I always like to ask the coach on the opening day of training camp, what was your message to the team this morning or last night? Because it normally does set a tone. And Urban shared some of that with us. And it was like the more that he talked – the more I think he gave you a window into exactly what his message was to him, and I thought it was riveting. I mean, for him to talk about, look, guys, we've given you everything you need. Yeah. I mean, we have. We don't have trainers anymore. We have experts uh-huh. in, in everything that we're doing here. And but you've now got to go out and drop the excuses and be a pro. And uh, and and now it's now it's shifted. The responsibility is now shifted from us to you. Was sort of the essence of of Meyer's comments. And uh, yeah, I thought they were sensational. I thought it really uh, did give us an idea of the tone that has been set uh, as they embark on training camp. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I can see why he has uh, always been considered one of the best motivators in college football. And uh, hopefully that'll translate over to the NFL. He, he uh, thanks Shad Khan again, Sean, you know, Shad with the open wallet, uh, what he asked for, he gets. And I, I think that's been lost in the transition a little bit. And, you know, I mentioned it right when it happened because I, I had someone in, incredibly close to the situation uh, tell me this, but Meyer has been asking for a tremendous amount of things. And, and I think fans think, all right, he wants that new practice facility and standalone building and all that. But, you know, I was told that no matter what it is that is football related, if Urban Meyer asks Shad Khan, 
he is going to get it. And things like this, nutrition, you know, the dry needling, the chiropractors, the the cupping, and you just look at every phase, nutrition, how many different experts they now have compared to the former regime. And that's only a small part of the entire, you know, operation of what Urban Meyer is asking for and he's getting. Yeah, it's it's this uh, amazing infrastructure. It, it sort of reminds me a little bit of when uh, Saban got to Alabama, and Saban just basically was like, "I, I need twenty scout. I need you know, I need a, the the biggest staff in college mm-hmm. football. This I need all these positions. I want it to look like an NFL front off." And Alabama was like, "Sure, Nick, whatever yep. you need." And uh, and obviously, it's led to an unbelievable dynasty, probably the the best collegiate dynasty that we've seen. Uh, and and hopefully we just get a smidge of that here. I mean, it would be great if to get some of that success uh, for Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. But it it it's amazing what can happen when you have a coach with vision, with a proven track record, and you have an owner that is willing to invest in that vision for the betterment of the franchise. And right now, and and hopefully it lasts a long time. But right now, it seems like there is the ultimate harmony between ownership, front office coach and, and really coaches is running the front office, but the ultimate harmonious relationship between Shad Khan and Urban Meyer, and it's only going to lead to great things for us. You know, yesterday, uh, and you were on the air uh, during the time, but there was a, a press conference. The Jaguars are introducing a brand new device, technology-wise, data-wise, up to the second. It's pretty, pretty incredible uh, what this is going to be able to do, both pre-game, in-game, and post-game, just to, to make our job easier and, and to make things um, more precise, if you will. And and the gentleman who was doing it sa- said that 16 of the 32 teams uh, have it. And the question was, why didn't every team have it? His answer was, well, budgetary reasons. And I'm thinking, okay, I know it costs a l- it's got to cost something to do this, but are you really pinching pennies and cutting corners? I mean, the Jaguars, here's another example. They added this, and that's more of beneficial to us in the media. So it's another example of no matter what this football team believes is better, they are going to get. Yeah, and, and again, all that stuff, the little things lead to wins and losses, uh, leads to an increase uh, in your win-loss performance. And, you know, I, I think that's what you're going to see here. I mean, I think it goes beyond Trevor Lawrence is here. That's great, and that's sensational. But I also think they're filling in the gaps of the little things. And this is a franchise, as we've talked about in, in past episodes, where not everybody was rowing in the same direction. And it's clear that they are now. It's clear that's what Shad Khan's always wanted. Uh, he just now has hired the right man that can act, absolutely do it. And he's hit the lottery in the draft with uh, with having the number one pick in the, in the year Trevor Lawrence is, is available. So it's all lined up. Now they just have to go out and do it. And on day one, I thought it was a, a big plus, And now hopefully that'll continue. All right, you listen to Death Taxes and Duval Hayes Carline, along with Rick Ballou, is our weekly podcast on the Jacksonville Jaguars training camp is underway. All right, we've been all positive here, uh, no doubt. Um, let's get to the negative. C.J. Henderson on the COVID list. We've had many conversations about this during the offseason. Um, I did 10 storylines, 1 through 10, which I thought were the most important for this football team heading into camp, and I only singled out two players. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, the other player I singled out, was C.J. Henderson. I, we saw Shaq Griffin again today. Phenomenal leader, very good football player. This becomes 
a much better team if C.J. Henderson is healthy and he's out there. Right now, he's not. He's not, and it's a concern because he's really, to me, the biggest crossroads player on the roster in terms of a guy that could elevate his play and become a true number one corner in this league because athletically he can absolutely be that. And he has shown glimpses of that. He's had a game that a lot of corners in this league would love to have as their career best game, uh, what he did against the Colts last year. But then you've got this other just complete unknown with the yeah. durability and, 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 and just his, you know, where, where sort of he is in terms of, you know, his uh, off the field approach. And, and I think when you look at it, it, it leads to a wide range of possible outcomes for his second season in the league. CJ Henderson could be a star, he could also be a tremendous bust. Yeah. And uh, again, they, they do need to get him out there. And, and hopefully he'll be able to get out there soon. Because he's somebody, if they're going to take a tremendous step forward on defense, C.J. Henderson has to give them the kind of performance that you would think of a player that really shined in the win over the Colts the last time the Jaguars actually won a game. Yeah, I really hope he makes it. I I mean, I I do. I'm really pulling for him. But right now, I just have no feel as to whether or not that is actually going to take place. Uh, The return of Andre Sisco. Today, I mean, he was on the side during the summer, during the OTAs and minicamp, and we got our first real glimpse. Of course, you pointed out that they basically called them off today when it came to getting with the wide receivers or backs, but it, it appears that he's ready to go after his rehab with the ACL. Yeah, that's great news. How do you think he, if he is healthy, how do you think he fits in? I, I think he's a starter day one. I do too. I, I you know, I, I know. I was talking about this yesterday because some people were on me about Walker Little, and I said, listen, I've talked to some former offensive linemen and some others. This guy's taken one snap in two years, and they paid Cam Robinson $14 million. Cam Robinson's going to start the year at left tackle. Therefore, I think if you're looking at two rookies who start, it's Trevor Lawrence and it's Andre Sisco. Obviously, ETN's going to be very much involved, but I think those are your two game one starters. Yeah, it's a good thought, and Sisco so productive in college, and now... Uh, again, is far enough removed from the knee that you know if if he's able to participate in camp, he doesn't have any setbacks. You always worry about swelling when these guys come back, but if he uh, if he's able to to you know be out there for ninety five percent of these training camp practices, I think he absolutely can make a run at a starting job. Because other than Rayshon Jenkins, who's there? I I, I think Jared Wilson is a, he's a great story. I think he's just a guy in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Thomas showed some flashes last year, but couldn't really stay healthy. So, I mean, the other spot opposite Jenkins really seems wide open. Yeah. And, and again, this is a team that uh, invested a third-round pick in him. Uh, I I think Cisco has an excellent chance. All right, three DBs on the COVID-19 reserve list. Today the Jaguars announced that Taven Bryan, Jamal Agnew, and Aldrich Roses were placed on the active non-football injury list. Uh, spotted Taven Bryan just kind of walking around the field today. You know, what what to think there? Uh, I, I, I don't know what to think. Maybe it was Balin Hay. In Wyoming and hurt his shoulder. I mean, I, I don't know. He didn't. Now he didn't have any braces or uh, anything on. He just, like you said, he was. It, it, when you saw him today, he came out what like four fifths of the way through practice, right. pretty late in the. Yeah, session. it was very late. Yeah, and, but he was walking fine. It, there was nothing noticeable about it. So, uh, you know, hopefully for Taven's sake, uh, he'll be able to get back out there soon because obviously he is in a battle for a job uh, on the fifty three and. Uh, Agnew, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, what what's what is happening there. But 
I think he's whenever he's cleared, I think he steps right into being the return guy again. I I still am dazzled by the money they paid him, mm-hmm. um, and the money they paid him tells me if he's if he's healthy. There's no competition on who the returner is. Yeah, I'd agree. It's Jamal Agnew. Yeah, I don't think Chris Coybrooks is going to make this team. And right now he's one of the three DBs that's on the uh, reserve COVID-19 list. All right, let's wrap up with this. Uh, hey, we made it all the way through without mentioning COVID uh, or the vaccine. And uh, I think most are tired of it, but it's an important issue. Uh, Urban Meyer today said as a team they're over 80%. He's had it. He took the deep dive. He <laughs> believes that everyone else should uh, take it, but he respects their decision, and that was really echoed by both DJ Chark and Shaq Griffin today. Similar approach on what's best for the team, but not the overwhelming pressure to take the vaccination if you don't believe in it. Yeah, I, I was really encouraged by the eighty percent number. There, that's that's not overly high compared to a lot of the other thirty-one clubs, but it's a good number because it means that there are probably two or three guys away from being at the 85% threshold, which has sort of been the target. And uh, yeah, I think when you look at it, I think the more we get into training camp, the unvaccinated players are going to realize just how difficult the league has made this for them to make that choice compared to the players that are vaccinated. It's it's two totally different lives. I mean, it's upper class, lower class. I mean, yeah. it, it really is and in, in how they're, they've set it up. And so it does make me wonder, are there some players that are just going to say, they're, you know, Boy, this really sucks. Look at what the guy and yeah. you know again. And it's also when eighty percent of your peers have done something. I think there's also a little bit of pressure there uh, in terms of you asking yourself, why am I still you know thinking this? So maybe they, maybe in thinking that they seek out a little bit more education on it. I think if they do that, they'll probably their minds will be put at ease a little bit in terms of taking the vaccine. Um, so, but it's encouraging because I don't think that they were very high when they left uh, after OTAs. So they've made some good strides there, but you would like that, you know, with the league talking forfeitures and things like that. If you're the Jaguars, you'd really like to see that number get uh, above 85 percent. Which, just to give you an idea, on the once they cut to 53, if seven guys are unvaccinated, you're still at like 86.7 percent or okay. something like that. Okay. So you have a little wiggle room. Um, um, so if they're at 80, hopefully a few more take it uh, that are going to end up on the 53, and uh, they won't have any issues. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one. I know. You- you're not going to be the one, but I saw today some guys walking out with masks on. So you know that there are some that have not received the vaccination, but out of respect for them and their privacy, I don't need to be the individual to to throw out those names, but we'll see if more end up doing it uh, as we do move forward. All right. They're at it uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, off Sunday. So we got three more training camp practices the rest of the week, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait and uh, really looking forward to it. And I hope the fans enjoy it. I hope the fans take advantage and get out there. And we've talked to you enough about Trevor Lawrence. It's now time for you guys to get out there and make your own observations and uh, and support this team. Yep, that's coming up this week. You will get that opportunity. All right, let's thank our sponsors today. That is Patriot Roofing Services Incorporated. Uh, go ahead and give them a call, 982-4052. Give my buddy Mark a phone call, and they have everything that you could possibly want if your roof has been damaged, if you want a brand new roof, whether it is commercial or residential. They have all of the top products, uh, metal roofing, uh, venting, skylights, chimney repairs. It goes on and on and on. Financing is available. Call Patriot Roofing. The number is 982 
52. Yeah, appreciate them and appreciate the law office of Stephen Doty. Look, unfortunately, a, a lot of people are going through hardships right now, whether that's foreclosure, eviction, being sued over a big medical bill or maybe a credit card bill. If you're thinking of bankruptcy or want to pursue that option or get some information about it, Stephen Doty is an excellent resource. You can reach him at 416-8328. Also handles family law. Maybe you went through a divorce, want to look at maybe amending the agreement. You can do that. Uh, Stephen can help you do that. So give him a call at 416-8328. All right. Hayes Carlon is our beat writer here for the Jaguars. I am happy to be the sideline reporter once again this year. Back on the field this year. That's awesome. I found that out last week when I was in Charlotte for the ACC meetings. I had been waiting. I was like, any day now. But, you know, it's kind of a little nerve-wracking with this latest wave uh, of uh, of COVID. But uh, nonetheless, we're getting ready for another year. What's the best way for Jaguar fans to respond to you? Yeah, please reach out to me on Twitter if you have any questions or concerns or comments. At Hayes Carlion, H-A-Y-S-C-A-R-L-Y-O-N. And you can get me, Baloo. Uh, that is, uh, what is it again? Baloo1010XL. I believe that is it. At Baloo1010XL. Right. Yep. Maybe I got a little bit too much sun out there uh, today. <laughs> it was hot. It was hot. No man. doubt about it. Yeah, Baloo1010XL. No doubt. All right, Hayes, have a great afternoon. Uh, we'll too. do it again soon. I'll see you out in the practice field tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks, Ray. There you go. Thank you very much. Again, all comments. Send it our way. This is Deck, Taxes, and Duval.